I begin by telling you that last night in my preaching class, I confessed that in the sermon, I'm going to break my own personal rules of preaching. (laughs) So the first rule of preaching that I follow personally that I'll break is to begin with a personal word of privilege, which I often don't do, most often. But I wanted to let you know that it's been on my mind over the last few weeks that it was 30 years ago in May that I graduated from Asbury Theological Seminary with an MDiv. So that reveals to you how old I am. (laughs) But But 30 years ago, when I sat in the pews that you are now sitting in, I can tell you for certain I had no plan to be standing in this pulpit today or to be serving as a professor of preaching at our seminary. It wasn't even on my radar. Because it wasn't on my radar, whenever I stand in front of classes to teach or I pass many of you on the sidewalk or as I look at you today, I often find myself wondering and praying, Lord, what will you do in their lives? Where will they be in 30 years? In 30 years, you will be somewhere where you don't even dream about being today. And that is great news. It means that we walk by faith. So today, as I was thinking about 30 years of graduation from Asbury Theological Seminary, and as I was thinking about our time together, I broke my second rule of normal preaching, and instead of turning to the lectionary, which I usually do, I was paying attention to a verse of scripture that I just felt the Spirit tugging me and pulling me toward over and over again, And here's the third rule, I think, now that I've broken. Instead of focusing on a full pericope, and that's the fourth rule, because if you've been in my preaching class, you know I've asked you not to ever say pericope in your sermons, (laughs) because if you're outside of Asbury Seminary, you don't know what a pericope is. But instead of focusing on the full pericope that was read, I want to focus today on one single verse. It's verse 7. Cast all your cares, cast all of your anxieties on him, for he cares for you. So this morning, if you got out of bed, if you're human, and if you're breathing, it is highly likely that you're sitting here today with a few cares that weigh on your soul and anxieties that are tugging at your heart. And this simple invitation to us this morning is an offer for us through Paul's letter that comes from the very heart of God. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. It's unlikely that those of us that are gathered here are immersed in the kind of hostility and persecution and betrayal and suffering of the people who received Peter's first letter. But it could be that some of you do know what it is like to suffer intensely because you are a follower of Jesus Christ. 
But for most of us, it's likely that our cares are different from those to whom Peter was writing. While our cares are different in time and space, we can be sure of this. The Lord who cares for us is the same Lord as the one who cared for the recipients of Peter's letter. And the one who cares for us is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise be to God. This morning, I wonder what cares it is that you feel deeply, what anxieties it is that you're carrying. Maybe there's something that weighs so heavily on your soul that you feel like you're suffocating under its load. Maybe there is a care that is so old and so familiar, and it's become such a part of your life that you cannot even imagine living without it. Maybe it's a care that's sort of tucked in the back of your mind. It lives there, and it's a constant niggling irritant to your soul. Maybe, maybe it's an anxiety about a current circumstance or situation that you find yourself in. You know it will pass, but you don't know how and when, but right now it is hijacking the fullness of your life in Christ in this season. Whatever your cares may be, the living Lord is present here among us right now in this very moment, and again with these words he invites us to cast all of our cares on him, for he cares for us. This invitation to cast our cares calls us to actively transfer our cares from our shoulders into the Lord's capable, loving, and tender hands. What a beautiful reminder that the Lord, who split the sea that his people might walk to safety, and the Lord who fed his people for 40 years with manna in the wilderness, who reestablished covenant again and again when his people betrayed him and sinned, and the Lord who came to live among us as Emmanuel, to share our lives, to die our death, and to rise that we might know new life through his spirit. It's that Lord who is waiting for us to give our cares to him. It's that Lord who in love will receive our burdens and carry them even as Jesus in his very own body bore our sins all the way to the cross. Today, it is our Lord's desire that we come to know the enormity of his care in our lives, to cast all of our cares upon him and if that, at that, I could say the sermon could stop right there. And you might say, great. In fact, last night in class, we talked about when it is that you should stop sermons. <laughs> but now is not the time, because I haven't yet said enough, I don't think. Because for some of us, there's a problem. The problem is that we need to push further into this one passage because we have continued to carry our cares so often for so many long years 
that we have and we hear the invitation to share our cares, to cast them on the Lord. But some of us, maybe all of us, understand what it's like to be unable to follow through on that invitation. It's as if those cares are Velcroed to our very being, and we can't unpeel them to hand them over to the Lord. We want more than anything to transfer those cares into the capable good hands of our loving God. But we find sometimes that we can't release them. So I have a question, and I want to ask it tenderly, because I'm asking it of me as I'm asking it of you. Could it be that we can't fully release those cares because we, some of us, have not yet come to know God's care for us deeply and personally? Well, we know God's love at an academic level. We can give counsel to the enormity of God's care to other people and even pray that God's care and love would grow in their lives. We can quote Bible verses and we can recite the story of God's gracious care in the lives of people in scripture and in beyond. But this morning, perhaps you personally are desperate to know the enormity of God's care and love personally and deeply in your own life. Let me say that again. Perhaps this morning you are desperate to know the enormity of God's care and love in your life. If so, you are not alone. You're not alone. This is where I need to bring the Kleenex that I knew I would need. (laughs) Um, I can tell you that 30 years ago, when I was sitting where you sat, are sitting now in those pews, I would have answered that question, yes. At the end of a bachelor's degree in religion, at nearly the end of a master's degree from Asbury Theological Seminary, I was desperate to know God's love personally and deeply. I still longed to know his care in my life that could release all of the pain and allow me to cast it on him. Praise God that over the last 30 years, the Lord has graciously met me in more ways than I can count. And he has met me in the midst of great pain. And he has taught me about himself. He has carried me with those great hands of love. And he has taught me that because of his love, because of his enormous care in my life, he's taught me that I can be free to cast my cares upon him. But even to this day, I'm still learning. I'm still learning what it's like to trust the enormity of his care in my life and cast all of my cares upon him. And I trust that it will not be the day until I take my last breath that I'll still be learning that lesson. This morning, 
This morning, the Lord desires to meet you in a new and real and fresh way so that you can offload your cares into his loving and capable hands. But the prowling enemy of our souls would tell us or you that you're too broken and damaged, you're too sinful. You're inadequate, you don't know enough, and you probably can add a few more items to the list. That's the message of the prowling enemy of our soul, but our Heavenly Father has a different message for us. Our Heavenly Father tells us that absolutely nothing within us or around us, nothing that has happened to us or nothing we have done can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Amen. So this morning we hear again the invitation to cast all our cares on the Lord. And it could be this morning that in order to respond to that invitation, you need to personally once again, or maybe for the first time, experience that love in your life. In the last few months... God has been teaching me all over again about his love and the ability to trust him with my most profound cares. I've been immersed in God's love all over again through the experience of a dear friend. My friend's name is Allie, and I've asked her if I could share her experience with you. She agreed. I first met Allie when she was just a little girl, five or six years old. I met her when I became her pastor in 1989, 30 years ago. In my five years as Allie's pastor, not only was I her pastor, but I also was the babysitter for Allie and her younger brother. And her mom was the custodian of our church. And It was a problem because Jackie and I became friends. And instead of vacuuming, we'd spend hours in the sanctuary talking. They became dear, dear friends, Allison's whole family. And I had the joy of officiating at Allie's wedding to Mike and rejoice with them in the birth of their two children. Their two children who are now exactly the same age that Allie and her brother Shane were when I became their pastor. Just after Christmas, I had the opportunity to spend time with the family, Allie and her parents, my dear friends, Kim and Jackie, in their home. Mike was there with their children, and after we spent time and a lot of group conversation and a lot of time at the table, Allie walked in. She had another errand to run, and she walked in the door looking tired, but radiating a level of peace and joy that passes all understanding. In August, my dear friend Allie was diagnosed with breast cancer. In October, she had a double mastectomy. And then when the pathology reports came back after her first surgery, there was a second surgery. And at Christmas time, as I spent time with them, 
Allie was halfway through her radiation. And if that isn't enough for a family to bear, the previous December, Allie's husband Mike's sister died unexpectedly, leaving behind an infant daughter. And then, just before Christmas this year, almost a year to the day that Mike's sister died, Mike's mom also died unexpectedly. That is enough care to fill a lifetime. But as we finished our meal together and the men and the children went to the other room and Allie and Jackie and I were at the table, Allie just recounted the faithfulness of God all the way through the last year. She showed me her scars from her surgery and the refrain that she kept coming back to over and over again is, God's got this. I love that. God's got this. She knew what it was to rest in the love and care of God and cast all her cares on him. She said to me, This has been hard. I'm not going to deny that it hasn't been hard. But God's got this. Well, she had my heart all the way through her testimony. I was riveted to hear her share how God had met her needs through her mom and dad and through her brother and through her church family And the intimacy of that care just um, flowed from her. And as she was finishing up sharing, she told me this story. She told me that when she was going into surgery for the first time, the surgeon came in to check in with her before surgery. And Allie asked the surgeon, if she could pray for her. I have to confess, I've had more surgeries than I can count, and I've never thought to ask the surgeon if I could pray for him or her. Here she was facing a major life transition in her own body, and she wanted to pray for the surgeon. She said, I didn't know if the surgeon was a Christian, I kind of thought maybe she was, but it was important for her to pray, and the surgeon agreed, and Allie prayed. And since surgery number one and surgery number two, Allie and the surgeon have become friends. And indeed, the surgeon is a Christian. And Allie said to me, Stacy, if the only reason I had cancer was to become friends, with the surgeon, it was worth it. Cast all your cares on me. So I sent Allie a message today asking her if I could share her story. And she replied and she said, Oh, Stacy, I would be so honored. God has made me new. God has made me new. This morning, this morning, the one who makes all things new is here among us, and he would be so honored to reveal his everlasting love and enormous care to give you the absolute certainty that whatever's got you 
God has got for you. That you might be free to cast all of your cares on him, knowing in the center of your being that you are loved and that he cares for you. As we prepare to move to the table, hear this invitation. Come to me, all that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We pray that the Holy Spirit, that the Lord God Almighty would fix in us his humble dwelling. I invite you into a time of silent prayer as you reflect on the cares and anxieties that you want to offload into the mighty hands of God. And as you invite again the Spirit to reveal the depth of God's love for you, let us pray.